Good evening, and welcome to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Laura Prince and Noah Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This will be a podcast in which we analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, including some that have ran only one episode. This month, we will be exhuming game shows. With me, as always, is Noah Houlihan. I'm releasing another hunter on the board. So this week, we are doing the 2008 video game game show, Chase. Yeah, apparently it's video game game show month here on Stay Doomed. Isn't it always? No, what? No. (laughs) It's the closest you can come to being put into a real-life video game that's not Nick Arcade. Yeah, you started to explain this to me, because this was your idea. This is one you wanted to do. True. And you were like, oh, it's a game show where you're in a video game. So I was like, like Nick Arcade. No, nothing like Nick Arcade. Much dumber. Yeah, Nick Arcade actually had more plots. It is better described as tag. It's tag. Uh, all of the reviews I read for the show called it either tag or hide and seek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's both of those things. Uh, basically, let's go through what the show is. Okay. And then we'll, we'll break down the episodes. Uh, they have ten contestants. Yes. And they're released on the virtual game board. Yes. Which is better defined as area. <laughs> Which is better defined as a space we were allowed to film in. Yes, where the cameras are. And they have to... These ten runners are going to have a tough time trying to survive the next 60 minutes against my highly trained team of hunters. Hello, runners. I'm Trey Farley, and this is Chase. The ultimate live-action video game. And the game board I've chosen for the ten of you today is a deserted seaside port. Here's how it works. Your goal is to stay alive for 60 minutes. For each minute that you survive, you gain more cash. I've also scattered $25,000 in money flags across the game board for you to grab. Now, the only way for you to keep your money and win the game is to be the first person to a hidden exit point, which I'll reveal towards the end of the game. Now, I've added an extra element, something to keep a little spring in your step, the hunters. But their job is to capture you take you out of the competition and generally make your life a misery and the hunters will do anything to take you down and basically if you get it if you get tagged if they touch you lightly on the shoulder you're out of the game yep uh so there's already extreme tag yes there's already a few problems with what is being explained here first off it's always explained as the longer you're on the board the more money you make. Yes. You make money for every minute you're in play. Right. Which but, is dumb. Yeah. But you can't leave until the 60 minutes are almost up. Like It's usually at like the 58 minute mark. Yeah. Uh, and you reach the exit point. And only one person. Yeah. And only one person can do it. So you're all, they're always racking up the same amount of money. Yes. It's always $25,000. Unless you get a bonus flag. Unless you get a bonus flag. That's the other problem. They always announce at the beginning of this show 
runners can win up to $50,000. And what that means is it's the $25,000 you get just for winning the game. Plus, there are 25 $1,000 flags hidden all over the game board. Correct. If you find one, you add an extra $1,000 to your total. The idea being like you are risking being out in the open getting these flags, but you'll win more if there's no hunters nearby and you can end up winning. Right. The idea of calling it a $50,000 prize is ridiculous because that means not only do you have to win, but you have to find all 25 flags, which means everyone else playing finds zero. This would be like, hey, check out Jeopardy. Jeopardy, where you can win up to $566,400. You did that math. Yeah, I looked it up. I looked okay. it up. Okay. But I was like, I was impressed. It would be ridiculous for someone to be like, yeah, all you ha- that's the top prize is $566,400. All you have to do is answer every question right, get the daily double last, bet all your money, do that again in the second round, and then bet it all in Final Jeopardy. That's a ridiculous task. That's, yeah, like, you could get the $50,000, but you're not gonna. Yeah, no one is going to. So, that's the, the, the premise of this show, is you have to survive for an hour in this area, and the hunters are after you, yep. and then you have to find the exit point. Now, to mix it up, there are power-ups, which gives it that, like, video yeah. game feeling. And there are more hunters the longer you go in the yes, board. Yes, they release more hunters as time goes on. Then you can also earn these power-ups. The power-ups are a deflector, which will make the hunter turn around and go the other way. A sonic stunner, which will stop a hunter in their tracks for two minutes. Yes, and works for 30 seconds of firing time. Yes. Unlike the freeze ray, which is the same thing except it's one shot and only works for a minute. Yeah, which we we only saw, I believe, once. Twice. Oh, twice, excuse me. And the invisibility glasses that will make you be invisible for two minutes as long as you keep it on. Yeah, two consecutive minutes, Yeah, but you must wear them the whole time. And what's interesting is they do change the wording on this. Because towards the end, it just says it'll work on every hunter you see. In the beginning, they say it works on every hunter in eyesight. Kind of implying that it only works on the hunters that currently are looking at you. Okay. But I guess they realized that that was confusing or whatever they were trying to pull in terms of plot mm-hmm. there didn't work out. So they were just like, ah, screw it. It, it works on everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, and uh, usually there's a challenge in the beginning to get yes. out of that will get you the deflector. Usually it's the deflector. Yeah, sometimes it's not. Um. So let's go, now that you guys know what the game is, let's go episode by episode and talk about what goes down on this. uh... All right. Hardcore parkour. That's the first note I have of this entire series. So the first episode, they're in... Terminal Island, which is a deserted seaside port. Yes. And what's interesting about this uh, island is there are ferries. And once you get on the ferry, you can't get off... But it only holds up to three people, and you're stuck on a boat for ten minutes. Yes. Now, the hunters can't get you there, Mm -hmm. 
but you there's no flags on the boat there's yes. no nothing on the boat you're just kind of there and it's yeah. clearly pointedly not near an exit yes now here's another thing that i think we need to explain is how the hunters work and i think they did a good job on this all the hunters wear suits yeah it's they look like agent smith yeah they all look like agent smith and they work like a bad video game ai character in that once they calmly walk around, mm-hmm. but if they see you, they get aggroed and they'll run after you. Because yeah. there's times where they're talking and they say things like, he's not running so he doesn't see us. Yeah. So that's kind of the rules. So they kind of have that idea of, he's not running. Because once they see you, they can take off at a full run. Mm-hmm. And there's a uh, delightfully inexpensive looking graphic where it says like target target acquired target searching target acquired and then it like the music ramps up yeah Yeah. and you know the bouncy cam of them running yes it's very yeah all the hunters also wear cameras so you always get like hunter view you can win up to fifty thousand dollars which coincidentally is also the budget of each episode (laughs) (laughs) i would say it's more than that i'm joking but uh the show does feel delightfully budged though i disagree completely I really don't think this show is that expensive to do. I thought there's a lot of, like, really good things in this show that I thought would make it more expensive than it... it... I, I thought it was a more expensive game show just because it requires so many cameras. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Let, let me finish my rant on the, the Hunters, and then we'll go back to this. Okay. Uh, because it's very important that if you are running from a Hunter, and then you take a sharp turn, Mm-hmm. So you're no longer in eyesight. And then they come around the corner and don't immediately see you. Yeah. Like a video game bad guy will go, he, he must have just vanished. Yeah. He and they'll just turn around and, and they'll wander just, off. They'll throw their hands up in the air and just go back to walking mode. I was trying to look up pictures of the uh, weapons. And I'd like to give you all a tip to not Google image search Sonic Stunner. Good call. Good call. <laughs> the the sonic stunner looks like an air horn. It does. Uh, the deflector kind looks, of looks like a Wiimote. I was that the one? That looked, I thought it was like a weird circle thing. Like it, like you know, in the dollar store, that thing you press the button and the mirrors make it look like a tunnel that goes on forever. That's what it looked like. Like it was like a weird, like almost mirrory. Yeah, it was probably a spray painted dollar store item. Yeah, something like that. The, the sunglasses were sunglasses. Yeah, they were, like, very bad. I want to say, like, 90s Wildwood Boardwalk yeah. sunglasses. Like, Bret Hardy looking. Yeah. Oh, no, I want to say, like, they're more of the... The rockers? No, I would even say just, like, tinted safety goggles. Like, they're not supposed to be worn for fashion. They're supposed to be worn for, like, welding. Yeah, I could see that. Okay. <laughs> I think in my mind, I just really wanted them to look really, like, really silly. They, they do, because they're just oversized, like, crappy. I don't know. They do look like, now that I've Google image searched Bret Hart glasses, they do kind of look like the love child of those two things. Yeah, the, the Bret ones are, uh, like, almost paper. Yeah. These are, like, clunky plastic but they do have the design of the bret hart glasses so yes. i get what you're i get where you're coming from here so in the first episode we have the boats yes and uh it opens with them 
uh, having to solve a puzzle where they put these barrels together. Yeah, the Donkey Kong puzzle. Yeah, and they have to match flags and stuff like that. And this is good game design. This is uh, a game design that uh, we used to call in college uh, Jersey Pro. Okay. And that nobody, like someone from New Jersey, understands coopetition. Where it's like, okay, we need to do something where we work together. So they have to work together to put all these barrels together and make all the images so that they can all get deflectors. The moment that's over... We are not friends. Screw everyone else. And no one does that like Jersey. Yeah, that's true. That's actually our state flag. (laughs) We'll help you, but then screw off. Like, we'll help you for now. Yeah, exactly. Friends for now. Friends New Jersey. For now. Welcome to New Jersey. Eh. <laughs> Don't piss me off. <laughs> New Jersey, you've outlived your usefulness. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> uh, so they all get deflectors, and then they all sprint off into different directions. Yes. And the main gimmick for this one is the boat. Yeah. And the idea of, like, do we get on the boat? Uh, the boat takes you to another area where you can still run back. Mm-hmm. But... You're safe for 10 minutes, but once you're off the boat, there's only one way to go. Yeah. So if there's a hunter there, you're doomed. Yeah, because there's a fairly long dock. Yes. Between the ferry and land. And... A Pokemon-esque dock. Yes, yes. It's very, yeah. It looks like... SSN. Yeah, like it's that long, like, labyrinthine dock that, like... Yeah. There's no way around it. I'm surprised no one swam. Well, nobody knows surf, so they can't go to the truck to get Mew. So, this brings us to the next really good bit of game design. Each contestant, when they do a talking head, is profiled with, like, their strengths. And yes. so is each hunter. Yes. And I did have a complaint initially about the hunters of the male hunters all had, like, very normal names. Like, mm-hmm. Vasquez and Grant. Yes. And the two female hunters that are introduced are Icy and Amazon. Yes, Hunter Icy and Hunter Amazon. And I was really mad because I, I was like, oh, those seem really kind of sexist. Nope, they just used the real first name of Amazon. And then Icy's just her last name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they actually, they just used all of their real names. It just happened that the female hunters had cool names. Yeah, they were just super cool. Uh, they had the tropes of... The, uh, one, one girl immediately tells us how smart she is, but she's going to play dumb. Yes, this is very common. And then we have a guy, there's always kind of this, like, sad guy. Yeah, every episode has the designated sad guy who's, like... Kind of just really needs a win. Yeah, really needs a win, and he is, he picked the wrong game. (laughs) Yeah, like, in this one, it's 37-year-old Jason, who tells us how athletic he is, and then, bless the editors of this show... Because he's like, I'm really athletic, and the next thing we see is him trip over a light post Just and eat it. Face plants, like, <laughs> hard. And that is the theme, is some guy saying, you know, it's been rough, but, you know, I'm not the greatest athlete, but I'm sure I can hang in there. Cut to them behind everyone else, a mile away, running, like, immediately into a hunter. <laughs> the editors are sick in this, and I like it. Yeah, to, to the editors of this show. Yeah. The editors of this show are phenomenal. Because on top of that, they have this great system where every... It's clear that everybody has a cameraman on. 
Yeah. And I'm guessing the hunters are all told, like, you're going to see a cameraman. You pretend like you don't see him. Like, you can't just be like, well, there's a cameraman. Clearly there's a person over there. And they're they're good at doing that. But they do this great thing where you'll see someone, like, hiding and stuff like that. And then they'll cut to an, a map. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is where this person's hiding. Here comes a hunter. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, we know conflict is coming. Yes. It's kind of, it sets up, like, dramatic irony of, like, we know stuff that the competitors don't. And it adds that tension. Yeah. And they do a great job every time. And there's a couple, like, there's some really fun little moments with, like, characters. Which you don't often get in a game show because they're, we don't get to know these people for very long. Yes. But, like, when Jason trips, he's been with Ariel. And Ariel just kind of looks over and goes, and yeah. runs. Yeah, I guess I guess he's dead now. Well, you're on the floor. Go Bye. ahead, wounded gazelle. That's also another person that we have, is the person who's going to hang out with slow people. Yeah, well, that's Ariel in this one. Ariel and the other guy who wanted to get calf implants? I... There's a guy, he wanted to get calf implants because it's the only part of his body that's not perfect. Right. And I was just like, dude, don't, don't have such a poor opinion of yourself. And then they show his legs and I was like, oh, get it fixed. Uh, <laughs> what happened to you? So there, there's a few moments. Uh, there's Brian, who's the self-proclaimed computer geek, who my impression was apparently that he was painfully thin. <laughs> yeah, he gets beat up by a gust of wind at one point. Like, uh, no, somebody does get attacked by nature, but it's not him. <laughs> um, in my favorite part of this or any show we've watched, uh, Ariel gets attacked by seagulls. Oh yeah, the birds go by! <laughs> and it has nothing to do with the game, and it's so no, funny. No, it does. Super good job to the editors, because throughout that episode... There's people hiding, and then a shot of birds scattering, and people going, someone's coming. Yeah. Like, they actually used the birds as, like, an alarm. And whether that actually happened, or if it's just the editors creating that tension, that's awesome. Yeah, I know they do it really well in the second episode. They do the animal thing really well with that one. But yeah. we'll get to that. Um, Clevant screws over Computer Geek Brian, because, uh... Brian has used his deflector and he begs Clavant for help. Yes. And Clavant's like, well, bye. Yeah, I'm faster than you. Yeah, he does his plan really well. And th- this is something I wanted to bring up about the hunters really quick. Mm-hmm. Is each hunter has its own skill. Uh, there's Hunter Tebow, who's your sprinter. Yes. And then you had uh, Hunter Icy, who was... Endurance, and then you had the Hunter Amazon, who was speed running. Yeah. What is the difference between speed running and sprinting? Um, I think speed running actually does have a parkour element. Okay. Okay, that, that I can get get behind. Oh, wait, no. That's free running. Oh, you're thinking of free running? Yes. Yes. So I was like, speed running is sprinting. <laughs> And uh, I know you're you're going to do the research on it real quick, but there's one who's uh, stealth, mm-hmm. that he sneaks up on you. There's one that's um, parkour, so the idea is he'll get around obstacles. And then there's one that's just jumping. Hunter Velasquez's skill is Vasquez. jumping. Vasquez? Yes. His skill is jumping. There is never a time where someone is above you. 
No. Like, there is one map that had an escalator in it. But there was never an opportunity where it's like, we're fine as long as the hunter who can jump doesn't show up. Yeah, and there's two speedrunners. There's Amazon and Kim. And we don't see Kim until, like, a couple episodes in, I believe. Okay. Um, there's Agility. Yes. Agility I get because that means that, like, you can turn corners. Quickly. Yeah, Agility and Parkour I get. Yeah. And then there's uh, another one that we'll talk about a little later. Okay. Because he's only in one episode. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, and just real quick, shout out to Hunter Scott. Because if you don't know, Hunter Scott is also the name of the sixth grade student who investigated the sinking of the uh, USS Indianapolis and appeared on the David Letterman show. Because <laughs> I sat there going, Hunter Scott, I know that name. Yeah, wait. No, is not telling you is he turned to me and went, Hunter Scott, that's Sean from Boy Meets World. He's Sean Hunter. I was wrong. But he's Ryder Strong. That's his name. Yes. In I, real life. Yeah, that's, I'm just explaining why I got confused. I love him. What's up, Ryder Strong? Uh, big fan of the show, Ryder Strong. Sorry that I thought your name was Hunter Scott because of your name on Boy Meets World. So... We have the, uh, there's a, a co-op challenge, usually about halfway through. Yes. In this one, all of their backpacks have, like, for want of a better term, a puzzle piece. Yes. That will deactivate an alarm. Yes. If the alarm goes off, it'll tell where the hunters where you are. This is, again, brilliant. Because you have to rely on someone else. For you have to rely on someone else, and whoever created the game knows full well there's three people on the boats. Mm-hmm. So when this happens, there's people, there's someone on the boat to help you and someone you basically have to be like, no, you're not the person I'm going to help. Yeah. So someone's going to get left out on the boat. Great game design. Yeah. So uh, Mecca and Jason help each other. Uh, Ava and Ariel, Cynthia and Laura save each other. Uh, then uh, four hun- the fourth hunter Amazon's released. And uh, Bill, who has been hiding for most of the game, uh, calls Laura to plead for help. And she goes, well, I'm going to run now. And hangs up on him and flees. Which, again, is, I think, a very interesting concept is everyone... They can call each other. Everyone has a phone at all times to just be like, yo, help. And it's very interesting. They never use this to work as a team. Like, there's never, like, I'm going this way. You go this way, stay on the phone with me, and be my eyes. That never happens. But there is like, yo, where are you? Help. Yeah. They, uh, now, in the show, a video of Trey Farley, the, uh, host, comes up whenever he gives them a message. Yes, Trey Farley. But in the credits of every episode, it does say they were alerted by a text message. So there's Which not makes this sense. loud video of Trey Farley giving them away. Right. And there's also another interesting... Oh, uh, Clavant, Demetrius, and Bill have their alarms go off. And then Clavant com- com- uh, complains that America can't hear me talk now. <laughs> um, and then they do they do this every episode about three quarters of the way through. Trent says that the first person to call and opt out of the game will receive a guaranteed low amount of money. Yes. This, In this episode, it's $3,000. Yes, $3,000. Which, I guess if like you're counting your... Your money earned. You've earned more of that by at this point. It's that way of earning money is dumb, but it's an interesting idea to be like, 
I'm guaranteeing you money. Yeah. And for 20 minutes work. Uh, three grand does not seem like enough. In my opinion. I disagree. It seems like enough because there's never an episode where nobody takes it. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. That is true. Every but... episode someone's like, good enough. Like, true, but $3,000 in the the land of game shows is so little. Like, $3,000 is one question on You Don't Know Jack. Yeah. Like, in for what you've done, it doesn't seem like enough for you to be like, Alright, that's... Like, could you imagine someone walking away on Millionaire with $3,000? Like, I'm gonna walk! (laughs) Well, I think part of it is also that you're 40 minutes in, it's hard. You've probably been chased down by a hunter at least once. Yeah, if you're out of, like, stuff. Yeah. Like, you've used your deflector and stuff like that. It's like, okay, it might be time for me to go. Yeah. I'm gonna just pack it in. Uh, Jason, who tripped over a light post... Takes the money and leaves. Yes. So he does get a win. He gets a, he gets a quitting win. Yeah. Uh, and then they have the Sonic Stunner challenge. Which, and I like this little bit of, of game theory as well. For this one, you ha- you're told of a location you have to get to. Yeah. And when they get there, there's a sign that says, no hunters beyond this point. So you're like... I'm in a safe place. Yes. And then they turn the con- the corner and there's just a hunter in a shark cage. Yeah. Like staring you down. It's like, okay, you want that sonic stunner. You have to you pedal half a mile on a bike. In five minutes. In five. Well, you don't have to do it in five minutes. It's just in five minutes the hunter's being released. Yes. Yeah, so you have to do it in five minutes. Yeah. On top of that, there was only like one in each location. Yes. And there was only three locations. So, like, if you were with a team and you guys rolled up, it's like, well, who can use the bike the fastest? Yeah. And there's an interesting mechanic of, like, you're going to spend, you know, two, three minutes at a full sprint and then go play a game where you're being chased. Yeah. Like, like, is it worth the energy? Yeah, this one's the physical challenge. Yeah, so there's a lot of, like, interesting gameplay mechanics that you have to... To consider. So, people get them, though. Yeah. And then uh, a girl gets apprehended right off the boat and goes, You don't have to run. You can just shake my hand. Yeah, there's... Like, she's defeatist about it. Yeah, there's like a bit of a surrender. Yeah. Which is crazy because... Well, she's on the dock. Yeah. She literally can't get away. Which was, I guess, like the best thing for her because uh, earlier, before she got on the boat, she's like screaming because she's and she's not in danger she's just like the ferry's gone but it lasted 28 minutes 28 minutes why is the ferry gone the ferry's not supposed to leave I want out like she's terrified yeah and then she gets the other dog and she's like well I'm, I'm dead and she just kind of accepts it this really reads to me in my brain of a video game feeling. Yeah. Because I know I get really scared when I play video games. What? And it's very often that I will enter a new area and be like, okay, it just said saving. I can walk in here, see what's going to kill me, let it kill me so I don't panic, resave and know what I'm doing going in. Yeah. So that 
Because there's been studies that, like, dying in video games is more relaxing than playing them. Because it's the release of the tension. It's just, like, game over. So, the idea of her being like, alright, I see the person who's going to get me. I am in a situation where I can't win. It's over. I'm actually relaxed now. She also had, like, ten minutes on the boat to chill. Yeah, right before that's true. this, So, like, she probably had, like, ten minutes to just calm herself down to, like, kind of remove herself from the situation and zen out. Yes. Uh, and then this is the first time they do the Fortnite mechanic. Yes. Uh, and at this point, there are still six people remaining, and we're o- well over halfway through. Right. Um, so, I have this feeling that they were doing too well, there's still too many people left. Mm-hmm. So they block off half the board. Yeah. Like the Storm in Fortnite. Yeah, like the Storm in Fortnite or Battle Royale. These areas are going to be off limits in five minutes. You need to leave them. Yeah. And then uh, the jerk who wants his calf implants gets lost and runs the wrong way and just gets eliminated. Yeah. And then they release the spotter hunter. Yes. Then we get the spotter hunter, which again cracked me up because it, which, which hunter is it? Wong? Yes. Yes. It's Hunter Wong is released and it says Hunter Wong. Stealth, and then he comes out on a motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> and the whole bit with the spotter hunter is, uh, they can't eliminate you, but if they see you, they'll tell someone who can. Yeah, they'll inform all the hunters of your location by talking into their wrist in Sims uh, speak. And this mechanic really screws over a character, a player named Mecca. Yes. Uh, in that Wong alerts Scott and Amazon to her whereabouts. She manages to deflect one, and then she uses her glasses, and is free. Uh, the exit point's announced, Wong sees Mecca again, and then Grant just catches her. Yes. So, like, really the only person who gets destroyed in this is her. Yeah. And then, uh, they get to the end point, uh, Amazon spots Bill, who Sonic sprays her, and Dumpster Bill wins the day. Dumpster Bill? Yeah, he spent the entire game hiding behind a dumpster and hiding and like, Kate off. No, he gets... He spends it hiding in a dumpster, but like, then he's the one who called Lara for help and she, like, new phone who this him. Yes. I think he was also the one that begged Clavant for help. He might have been. No, that's Brian. The, but Sorry. Th- there's can... literally a part where he's behind a, a dumpster moving the dumpster like he's in a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Yeah. And it works. So uh, he ends up winning the $25,000 and he gets to leave on a boat with our host. And, and he's going to use the money on a down payment for a home for his wife and children, yeah. which is nice. Very nice. And then there's uh, one of these stock characters they have is the slightly older player who's like mm-hmm. in their early 40s. And this one, uh, she's just proud that she endured the whole hour. Well, what she actually says uh, kind of makes me laugh. Yeah. Because what she actually says is, I didn't think I would care, and I do. I do. Because you know what? I made it for the full hour. I made it for the full hour, and I couldn't find the exit point. There's something so funny to me about hearing someone really upset using gibberish jargon. Yeah. 
Like, no one in the history of man before this point has gone, I couldn't find the damn exit point! <laughs> but here it is now. Then we get to episode two. Now, I think now that we've given you guys a full rundown of what an episode of this looks like. We can be shorter. We're going to be shorter with these, uh, with the recaps moving forward. Episode two takes place on like a nature reserve. Yeah. Now it's Green Week. Yes. It's Green Week, which they push. Uh, so it's in like an, a, a botanical garden. Yes. And with this one, like every once in a while, it almost seems like the cameramen get bored. Because someone will be, like, doing something, and they'll be like, look, a deer. <laughs> and they'll just suddenly turn and look at a doe. Yeah, so in this one, the two teams are in cages. And they have to get out of the cages. And one cage is really, the second cage gets the deflectors, and then, like, one cage just has a hard time. Yes. And two characters, Diane and Lucy, just don't get them. Yeah, because the, the way this works is, if you're the first team to escape the cage... There's a bag of deflectors, and you each get one. Yeah. For the second team... They're hidden. They're hidden around, and you can try to find them. But the hunters are coming. Yeah. So choose wisely. Now, I will say this. This is the first episode where I'm like, oh, this show is weird to women. Yes. Uh, because there's there's a douchebag who's just kind of like, uh all the women here are just eye candy for the athletes around here. I'm like, man, what a jerk. But it did make me realize all the women are in shorts and tank tops. Yeah. And all the men are in pants. Yeah. Which, you know, you might be thinking, you know, I'm not like worried about like the temperature or anything like that. But if you're hiding and you're on your knees. Yeah. That sucks in shorts. Yeah. And it's clear to me that this is producers. It's not mm-hmm. like this is what people rolled up in. But there are men in jeans. Yeah. Like, it's not like they're wearing swishy pants or things like that. It'd be a lot funnier if they were. <laughs> we gotta have, hide. And they have, like, the stock characters. Because, like, Lucy is essentially Ariel from the previous episode. She's a girl who says how smart she is. And everything she does makes her look dumb. Yes. This is another applaud to the editors of, uh, there's a moment where she says, I've lost my map. And then there's a shot of just a map in the wind. Yeah. Like, it's so sad. (laughs) Like, oh, she'll never find it. The wind has it. But we have, like, two dumb dudes in this one. Tyler and Shane. Uh, Tyler goes... If I describe myself in three words, I'd say, uh, awesome, awesome, and, uh... Awesome. And we're like, oh, you're not very smart. This is my favorite character of any show that we've watched. Tyler? Yeah, because this guy also is the bright guy who's like, I need camouflage. And he runs over (laughs) to like a waterfall and he grabs mud and just wipes it on his face and arms. And he's wearing a bright red (laughs) t-shirt. Like, yeah, now they'll never see me. Oh I'll, I'll mix in with the, all the all the mud and all the matador capes that are flying around here. He's really stupid. And then Shane is just really sexist. And he calls the women dumb. And then the next thing we see is one of the girls named Jessica looking over and she goes, there's a deer nearby. Which means 
there's not a person nearby. Mm-hmm. So she quietly, like, kind of just goes toward where the deer is. And then, like, it's juxtaposed against him calling girls stupid, and then yeah. she's actually making very intelligent moves. Editors. And then the next girl uh, is talking to herself for the benefit of the cameras and literally does something I would do where she's like, yeah, I'm just going to... Oh, look at the deer. Yeah. (laughs) This is something we need to talk about. It is very clear that they have been instructed to talk to the cameras the whole time. Yeah. Because unlike your typical, like reality show-esque show like this. There's not really talking heads. Yeah, it's never like we see them post the episode being like, I was really scared and I knew I had to do something. Everything's in moment. Yeah. And I think that works really well for this show. Yeah, so Jessica hides... Shane's cocky. Shane, like, thinks he can outrun a hunter, curses at him, and then has to, like, burn off his deflector. Yes. When he, like, didn't need to do that. And then the three-location mission involves a tripwire maze. Yes, this is to get a sonic stunner. They have to go through the elastic jungle from Guts. Yeah. But some of the wires will set off alarms. Which is not good when you're hiding from hunters. Yeah, and then uh, Diane gets one, and so does Dumb Tyler. No one gets the third one. And then Shane is the first eliminated, the sexist guy. Yes. And then all of the girls... Uh, who are together at that moment, unabashedly go like, ha ha! Yeah, because this is where we find out that when you are eliminated, uh, you get a text. Yeah. Or a text goes out to the remaining players letting you know someone got eliminated. Yes. And this is the first of only two times in the history of the show we see jail. Yeah. Which is where the captured competitors go, and it's just Shane just being pissed. Yeah. <laughs> because he's a man and he shouldn't have gotten caught. Yeah. The girls absolutely have no chance of winning. Definitely some eye candy the bunch, but absolutely no speed or brains. Shane was the first one eliminated. Oh, yeah! <laughs> that just goes to show you your karma comes back to you. Yeah. And he, Shane was the one saying, oh, the girls, the girls are eye candy. Oh, he's like third in that competition. <laughs> first one out. <laughs> uh, like I said, in my notes it says, the girls unabashedly celebrate his elimination, and I can't say I blame them. Uh, Ty- and then my next one is Tyler's covered in dirt but calls other people dumb. <laughs> yes. Uh, so this one is, the main focus is they're outside. There is one really great moment where someone is running and he, like, finds this, like, weird area where it's just covered in rocks. Mm-hmm. And he falls over and just bails. And the hunter walks up and just stares at him. As he just continually is just falling in these rocks, mm-hmm. as if to say, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going in those rocks. You you come out once you learn how to walk again, baby deer. <laughs> and then I'll get you. And then he's like, all right, solid ground. And the hunter's like, nope, gotcha. Yeah. Um, which is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, Diane gets a map when Lucy drops out. Um, this is like a real big swear episode. Yeah. Everybody swears a lot. And then this is the first weird ending. Yes, the ending of this one is so strange, it's suspicious. Yes. Because the end of this one is, you have to go through a gate. Yeah, the end point is to go through a gate. And Diane and Tyler, camo guy and uh, the girl who gets the map and gets the sonic stunner, are neck and neck. He reaches the gate first. 
Yes. And touches the gate. Nothing happens. Diane pushes through the gate. Yeah. And wins. And Yes. And when I, I saw, I watched the show live. Yes. When I watched it the first time, I thought what happened was Tyler hit the gate and he, his door was locked. Yeah. And then, well, I'm sorry, what's the girl's name? Diane. Diane hits the gate and her door's open and gets through. Yeah. Like, However, if you watch it, Tyler just hits the gate and it opens a little. Yeah. And he just stands there like an idiot. Yeah. And then she gets through and uh, there's her host with like a cool car. And there's a little bit of like, you just won. How about a hug? You want to get in my cool car? Yeah. And like, I think she's a single mom. Yeah. And like, she's a very attractive single mom. Uh, I called her Foxface from the Hunger Games. Because she didn't yeah. really do a lot of confrontation. She did a lot of hiding, a lot of outwitting. Well, I, I think she's also part of the collective that she loses her map and then she asks to see someone else's. Yeah. And then, and then she- a hunter shows up and she's like, gotta go. <laughs> Yeah, she like. Oh, who does whose map does she steal? Uh, it's the guy who falls on the rocks. I forget his name. I want to say it's like Duran. Um, I can't find it in my or notes. Daryl. I think I feel like it's a D name with double letters involved. Yeah, I can't find him. Um, I can't find when she steals it. But it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's. <laughs> It's cool to see, like, little moments like that. Because it feels very, like, Hunger Games. Like, was that on purpose? Darren's the next episode. Ah, okay, that's who I was probably thinking of. Yeah. But it's it's interesting to see things like, was that on purpose? Mm-hmm. Like, was that her being smart? Was that being her being lucky? Was that her being malicious? We don't know. It's just a moment in time. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And, like... It also makes a better TV show for her to win than Tyler, who's an idiot. Right. Um, so, like, part of you wonders, was this something of an intervention? Uh, they do have a thing at the end of each show, like a disclaimer. Right, right. That's, that says that they received it through text message and things like that, yeah. Most of them don't have anything necessarily related to actual gameplay. Right. Until our next episode. Yes. Our next episode takes place on the uh, Universal Studios backlot in Universal Studios, Florida, where many major motion pictures have been filmed. Yep. And I yelled, bullshit, no way. (laughs) How many major motion pictures were filmed in... Tons. Really? Because before you reveal it, the reason I say that is I know that that was a claim that they made about Universal Studios Florida. And the only real movie that was filmed in Universal Studios Florida is Ernest Saves Christmas. So I had, I was imagining that this had uh, a similar uh, movie hit. But uh, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Apollo 13. What? <laughs> Beethoven. Uh. Beverly Hills Cop 3. Okay, that's a big deal. The Blues Brothers. Okay, I'm sorry. Casper. Oh. Castaway. Really? The Color Purple. Oh, wow. Dracula, 1931 edition. Okay. Earthquake, 1974. Gremlins. Gremlins. The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. What? Part, uh, the 2000 one with Jim Carrey. I know. (laughs) Uh, The Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. That's so far from New York. I think interior scenes. Okay. Jurassic Park. 
Wow. Uh, Mission Impossible 3. Meh. Newsies. Newsies. Pirates of the Caribbean series. The 1960 Psycho. Wow. To Kill a Mockingbird. Uh, the Wizard. The Wizard? And last and most importantly, Back to the Future. Get out! No, look! <laughs> oh. I looked this up and obviously it's in alphabetical order. So when I saw Back to the Future, I was like, no, it's going to be so mad. That's crazy. Because okay. you were so cynical about it. All right. I apologize to the backstage of the Universal City. And, like, that's not a complete list. I just read off a few because if I read the complete list, we'd be here for all day. All right. My bad. So, in any case, the uh, layout for this one, there's, like, an Old West area. There's a War of the Worlds area where it's, like, real foggy. Mm-hmm. So there's good cover there. There's, like, a Jaws Lake. Yeah. And there's a Bates Motel. And they're basically just in this area, but this is a very special episode. Yep. Because there's a... A guest hunter. A guest hunter. None other than ECW superstar, Ricky Ortiz. Ricky O'Rallytow. Which means it's time for a new segment. It's time for Noah Did Research. Noah Did, Noah Did, Noah Did some research. Ricky Ortiz uh, got his start as a football player for the XFL. That's right, he's an XFL player. This makes so much sense now. uh, He was in OVW, which is Ohio Valley Wrestling, as uh, Atlas DeBone. Atlas DeBone. Uh, He debuted on ECW as Atlas Ortiz. Okay. And then he was like, eh, my friends call me Ricky. And he became Ricky Ortiz. Okay. Uh, Ricky Ortiz sucked. And I... Loved him. Yeah, I was say, he seemed very likable. I love this character. And if you go into, like, cagematch.com, nobody gets it. Because his ranking is super, super terrible. And that's the point. Okay. Ricky Ortiz's character was, he didn't know how to wrestle, but he was more focused on getting a catchphrase and getting a t-shirt and getting merchandise that, like, wrestling was secondary to him. That kind of makes sense. So. To me. He, he was, he won his first match and he would just go around and be like, hey, I won my first match. I'm one and O. O for Ortiz. Ah. And like, he had these, this giant hair and it was all this stuff that was like, this guy's clearly a baby face, but he was super annoying. So everybody turned on him and that was the point. Okay. So, and whenever he did anything in the ring, he would run out of the ring and grab his rally towel and try to get everyone else to do it. <laughs> it's such a good gimmick. I loved it so much. It's like, yeah, he doesn't know how to wrestle. He sucks. Okay. But he keeps winning and he thinks he's amazing. Uh, Ricky Ortiz would go 5-0 and on ECW until he lost a tag team match. They kind of forgot all about him. ECW died. He went to SmackDown. Nobody cared about him on SmackDown. He would lose to uh, the great Kali in his last match. Bounced around the Indies. Hasn't had a match since 2013. All right, so Ricky Ortiz's career. Stay doomed. Okay, <laughs> we got four more episodes of this show to go through. Oh, all right, let's go. Um, this is interesting because we have this idea of, like, it's not an abandoned one. And this is also interesting because this is an actual tourist location as well. Yes. So, like, you have the idea of somebody might have had the lay of the land before, but nobody does. Uh, that was my first thought. It was like, oh, someone might have been here before, but nobody yeah. displays any. Uh, shout out to London from South Jersey. 
Yes, he's, he's from Mount Holly. Yeah, he's from uh, a town not far from where we live, which is cool. Yes, we, we want to talk to you, London. Yeah, get, London. Get in touch with us, London. London, if you hear this, we would love to hear from you. Um, uh, so, uh, the important things to note is they do a pretty cool challenge where Ricky Ortiz is not released yet. So he's just kind of standing on a block. Yeah, and they have to put five pound weights on him to get the stunner. Yeah, so they put a weight on him. So now he doesn't, now it's harder for him to run. And he yells at them while they do it. Yeah, and he's the only hunter who talks. Yes. And, and talk he does. Yes, and he's, he's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, he, he gets... I think only one or two eliminations throughout the course of the show. But when he does, he pulls out the rally tag. The rally towel. Yeah. Yeah, he gets one capture. <laughs> oh, I did it. Um, um, there's there's a good character in this with Darren who goes on. He's like, I got no weaknesses. And then when they do the uh, challenge, he tries to call and get out. Oh, uh, he, he tries opt to opt out, out immediately. And yeah. then... He does not get to opt out. Uh, Evan does. And then he's immediately eliminated. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, the editing and the storytelling in this is pretty good. Uh, this has Adria, who's one of my favorite characters, because, like, Adria keeps almost getting caught. Mm-hmm. And her faces are always really funny. Yes. And th- this is one of the points that I need to bring up at this point. Yeah. Is this is where we see, she puts on the invisibility glasses. Mm-hmm. And then we see this weird shot where she runs into fo- focus. Mm-hmm. Which means it's a camera focused on no people yeah. until she arrives. She then looks at her map and moves her glasses so- to see better and goes... <laughs> Too bad Adria took off her glasses early. Now they're useless. Sometimes they make it too easy for my hunters. And then runs away. This feels like a reshoot. Yeah. Because we've seen all these other shots where the cameraman is following them. The idea that there's a cameraman waiting for a person to show up doesn't make sense. The fact that she would do something and then give exposition just to no one feels real weird. It feels like it's inserted. And I was wondering if you found anything about there being reshoots. No. Unfortunately, these this is a one-word title game. Yeah. And there's another game show called The Chase. The Chase, yeah. So I couldn't find much on this. This was also like a real short runner. Gotcha. Um, like, this doesn't really have the following that like Whodunit had. Right, right. So I haven't been able to find as much with it. Um, the other cool thing I found with this one... Is that, uh, well, not the cool thing I found. The ending is odd with this one, too. Yes. There's two very odd things about this ending. Okay. Uh, one is how it actually ends is you have to grab a flag yes. that is on the Jaws shark. Yes. Uh, and once again, London gets there first. Yes. But I believe her name was Holly? Trisha. Trisha. Trisha like, grabs it first. Yeah, she just, like, yoinks it out from under him. And, like, they have to show in slow motion as, like, London runs by and just grazes it with his fingers. Yeah. And Trisha behind him grabs it and is like, I win. Yeah. (laughs) And that, so right there, I was like, man, that's really weird that we had two episodes where that happened. Back to back. Yes. And 
we read the tiny type at the end of the show. And in addition to players actually receive text messages, there's tiny type that says the ending sequence due to technical difficulties had to be restarted. Yeah. What does that mean? Like, there's no way, like, is that like from five minutes ago? Is that from 10 minutes ago? Yeah. Is that from the exit point being uh, told where they are? Or is it just like there was a malfunction in actually getting to the uh, exit point? You two have a sprint. Yeah, it's very odd. So it it's it leaves a lot of questions. So once again, London, if you're out there, or Trisha, <laughs> even though you're not Jersey, uh, go ahead and send us a message. We'd We'd love to know a little bit more about the this specific moment in TV history. Yeah, like uh I it's very odd because she does just snipe it right out from under him and it's very awkward and especially with it being back to back with the previous episode. Yeah, it makes it seem very I don't know, suspicious. Yeah, due to technical difficulties during the game, the final phase of the last challenge was restarted. Which makes me think it was like when he announced it was open. Yeah, that's that's what I read as final phase as well. So yeah, that's the odd. That yeah. was an odd one. Yeah. So this brings us to episode four. Yes. Uh, which is really really weird. Yes. This one takes place in the warehouse district of L.A. in public. Yes. With like. Just people standing around. During full daylight. And it's very clear that they made rules that you can only cross the street... At a crosswalk. At a crosswalk, and when you have right of way. Yeah. Like, you can't be, like look both ways and be like, it's fine. You have to have a green light. Yeah. So there's all these really weird moments of the hunter is coming and just standing there waiting for the light to change. Yes. It's a really odd episode... Yes. It was also not that fun of an episode. It's, it really isn't. Like, the things of note is there's a, a really nice team that, like, sticks together through the whole thing. Yeah. There's an old guy who, he's in his 70s. Dez, that's performing. yeah. Dez is, is in this. And Dez lasts the whole time. He never is caught. Dez never sees a hunter. Yeah. He makes it through the whole show. I don't think he used any of his tools. Yeah, he's just kind of hanging out. I think he just had a day outside. <laughs> like I would love it if they cut away and it was like just Des at a Starbucks yeah smoking a pipe like mm, what, a, what a day yeah, petting, petting a dog yeah, the only like thing of note is there is a hundred percent a moment where one of the girls comes around a corner and was like I have to be on my toes and she looks and she sees a hunter and goes hunter and does a 180 and runs the other way Past a woman who then becomes terrified. Yeah, Brianna. Because this tiny woman is suddenly fleeing for her life. And she's like, well, I guess I should run too. Yeah, she's fleeing. And then to be fair, if you see a hunter in public and you see a girl running from him, the hunters do look admittedly like they would be very daunting to see in public. They're very intimidating folk. Yeah. Uh, Because my thought would be, why didn't no one step in at one point? Because, I mean, granted, I guess you could be like, I guess they're police because they're so nicely dressed. 
but like I could totally imagine woman goes by, man runs by chasing, man gets attacked. Yeah, like... Like, leave that woman alone. Like, I might have tripped him. Yeah. Like, if I'm walking down the streets in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and I see a young woman, see a man, cry out, turn in the other direction and haul it, and then this guy who was previously just walking down the street breaking out into a run, I might make his life a little harder. Yeah. There, there like, is... I might just try to get in his way somehow, or... There is an element of, I think if I was in public, the first thing that would stand out to me is, hey, this is weird, is man with camera. Yeah, true. But if I don't see that, <laughs> like, you're going to activate fight or flight in people, and you don't want to do that. It's also L.A., and they might be, like, just significantly more used to it. I guess. Like, so. oh, people film here, whatever. It's just, it, the whole thing feels kind of weird. Uh, a jerk wins this one. <laughs> yeah. This show was a standout for not being a standout. The first three episodes are pretty good and pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's very much a decline in quality. Rapid decline, and which is hard because it's six episodes. Yes. Because the next one is we go to... The next two are gimmick episodes. Yeah, it's, it's the beauties versus the brains, which is... A battle of five models and five dorky waiters. Five models is incorrect. Uh, It's five attractive women with various jobs, including a nursing student, an attorney. (laughs) One was an attorney? I didn't didn't remember that one. Yeah, Bernadette's an attorney and an interior designer. And meanwhile, the quote-quote brains are... A comedian slash waiter, a server's assistant, an office manager, and a voiceover artist, which also means a waiter. Yeah, these this all means waiter. Yeah, like, no, office manager's a job. Um, but you kind of get this idea of, like, these people, these brains that they've lined up are just... Awkward folk. Yeah, like, <laughs> physically not fit, dweeby-looking guys. Yes. And and the beauties who are supposed to not be intelligent are just good-looking girls. Yeah. And there is one that's, like, especially dumb. Yeah. But, like, other than that, it's just, it doesn't feel like they're accomplishing the goal that they want. And this game takes place at City Walk and parts of Universal Studios. At night. At night. Clearly at three or four in the morning, because City Walk... Is open and uh, City Walk's like a bar district. It's open till like one, two in the morning. Yeah, and this is where we see it had to be like super late because no one's smart because it opens with them having to chisel through a block of ice uh, to get a freeze gun. Yeah, and then we see nobody use it. Like everyone just gets captured and forgets that they have these things. Yeah, probably because they're sleep deprived. Yeah, one guy steals another guy's ray. Uh, Brittany. Uh, methodically chisels through. She's the nursing student. She bails on everybody. Yes. Because um, we talked about how Whodunit had the ice chip. Yes, thing. yeah. Because uh, it's just a good way to tire someone out and make their life hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nikki was the one who we listed as being especially dumb. And all of the girls had the same plan initially, which was get the boys on my side. 
and then betray the boys. Mm-hmm. But then they, like, all realized it, so then all the girls teamed up. Yes. Except for Brittany, who betrayed all the girls, and is one of the first people eliminated. Yes. She's the second person overall, first girl. And the other girls are sorry, not sorry. Yeah. And this is also the one where, you know, if you want to get your invisibility glasses... Yeah. ...in your backpack that you're forced to wear are handcuffs... Hand your cuff yourself to a member of the opposite gender. Yeah. And after five minutes, you'll get your hand, you'll get your uh, glasses. This would be an interesting and fun game mechanic if it was on any other episode. Yeah. But for this one, it's clearly just be like, oh, the poor nerdy guy doesn't know how to handle being near the attractive woman. Yeah. Get this crap out of my game show. Yeah. Out of my fake video game. Yeah, so it's not. This one's really sexist. Yeah. Um, because it's that you know, oh, beauty versus brains, and the idea that the men are in—they're no more intelligent than the women. And it—it's there is also a, a kind of stupid aspect to this of it's beauty versus brain in a brawn competition. Oh, no one's doing well. No, yeah. <laughs> oh, no one's athletic. Oh, no. Because this is the first time where we get to the exit point and there's one person left. Yeah. There's one person left who's been cleaning up. He's got 10 grand extra. 60 minutes are up and nobody has found the exit point. No, God! Ah, I just ran out of time! <laughs> It sucks so much because I was finding so many of these cash flags. Oh, that would have been 10 grand more, 35 grand total if I would have won. Oh. What is it saying? The game's over, nobody won. Oh, 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 I'm never gonna live this down. Neither beauty nor brains have prevailed. Everybody loses. Welp. Nobody wins. He was disappointed. Yeah. The only person who wins money is. Nikki. Who opted out. Who was the really, like, who was the one who was, like, especially kind of dumb. And she opts out, wins money, and ultimately is the only member of the ten to go home with anything. But we do get that amazing shot of jail, where everyone's now in jail together. Yeah. And it's just like, hey, nobody won. <laughs> yeah. Just get a text, nobody won. Oh, well, okay. Womp. And then the final episode, which we are going to spend almost no time on. Because it was incredibly... garbage episode. It's really boring. Well, I, I'm going to explain why. Okay. Uh, the episode is, a, is... The gimmick is it's sets of twins. Yes. Now, only one person can win, but it's sets of twins. So the idea is kind of like, will anyone betray their twin for money? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, the answer to that question is no, they're twins. Yeah. Uh, but what ends up happening is... We see a large team form for the first time. Yes. We actually have a team of six at one point. And it's like, listen, we're going to cycle out weapons. Mm-hmm. So we'll all take turns. And then at the end, we'll split up. Yeah. And throughout the series, there's this kind of through line of, is it smarter to be alone? Or mm-hmm. is it smarter to be some- with someone else? And we see it like... Sometimes the person in the pair wins. Sometimes the person on their own wins. It's really debatable. Yeah. 
in this one, it's painfully obvious. Oh, you all stick together. Yeah. Because one, yes, everyone has the weapons. And there is that element of like, are you trying to just not use yours and force someone else to use theirs? Stuff like that. But the main aspect of it is, there's only one area where there's people. Mm-hmm. So the hunters don't find anybody. Yeah. If you're spread out, there's more ways for them to find you. But if you're in one group, you're like, okay, the hunters aren't in this area. This is where we are. We are fine. Yeah. Uh, so that's why this episode is so boring. The only real thing of note in this episode is... It's also in public. It's in public. And t- once again, there's that rule with the lights. And this is also the only other game where they do the part of the board is closed. Yeah, the Fortnite game. And two people lose because the light's red. Yes. They're standing at a crosswalk like, come on, we gotta go, come on, we're gonna go. Oh, we're out of time. Which is either super shitty Mm -hmm. for a a game show to pull, or two, a reshoot. Yeah. Because I could totally see them being like, oh, we'll make it look like it was just seconds, instead of it being them completely on the other side of the map. Yeah, like in this one, it was, the hunters don't get anybody in this episode. Really? Yeah, it's just the two that get... Two guys get DQ'd and one of the girls takes the money. Yeah. That's interesting. So I I think there's definitely an element with this show that they started with not their best episode, but a good episode. Yeah. And then I think their best episodes are two and three. I agree. And then they're like, all right, well then peter out. Because if these episodes are earlier, people are going to just drop off immediately. Yeah. But if these episodes are later, maybe they'll already be invested. Yeah, I agree. Like, there's also the problem of, like, Trey Farley is not terribly, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Charismatic? Who is Trey Farley? Who is this man? He's from Bendit, he's best known for Bendit Like Beckham. The soccer movie? Yes. So he's an actor? Yeah. He's an actor? Like, I thought for sure you were going to be like, oh, he's a snowboarder. No. He's, he's, he does a sport I mean, he and does not have been talk like a, into a camera. He might have been like kind of a soccer player because he was in Bendit like Beckham. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but his IMDb page didn't have a whole lot. All right, interesting. Yeah, so that was uh, Chase. Yeah. On the Sci-Fi Network. Uh, any interesting bits of trivia that uh, you didn't bring up yet? This show was never actually canceled. What? It was never officially canceled. It just ran at six episodes and just never came back. Oh. So it was a miniseries. Essentially. Uh, it's based off a Japanese game show called Run Money. Okay, that sounds that makes a lot of sense for what sci-fi usually puts out. Yeah, and it ran uh, in 2008. We're actually like, this will come out right around the 10th anniversary of it running. Because Which ran... we did on purpose, because yeah. we're good at our, our, our jobs. Yeah, it ran from November 11th to December 16th. This episode will drop on December 10th, which is like squat in the middle of that. Right, yeah. Yeah, the anniversary of the Brains versus Beauty episode. <laughs> Perfect. Which, you know, ugh. I, I will say this. Uh, since we're watching DirecTV rips, yeah. there were bugs at the bottom for... Mm-hmm. Uh, is State of Panic. Yes. Which is another sci-fi game show that I also loved. And I was like, ah, that's what we should have done. That show was great. Yeah, I actually... That was a jigsaw-based game show. Yeah, it ran 
in like it ran right about the same time. Yeah. Because this is right around when I was watching a lot of Sci-Fi Channel because ECW ran on on Sci-Fi, so I was getting a lot of Sci-Fi uh, advertising. So I was watching a lot of Sci-Fi shows. Yeah, and uh, the reception to the show, uh, they kind of seemed to run their, um, they they tended to run their reviews of A State of Panic and um, Chase together. Yes. A State of Panic got considerably better reviews. I couldn't remember the name of it. We should have watched it. I mean, we still can. We still can. We still do this show. Yeah, I mean, we do have that fifth episode. <laughs> yeah, I th- we already... Th- I think I know what we're doing for our fifth episode. Okay, I don't know yet. Uh, so, if you have nothing else uh, in terms of uh, trivia, we gotta ask the question. Should the show stay doomed? Uh, yes. Yes, really. Yeah, this is a hard stay doomed. Really a yeah. hard stay doomed. Um, I feel like this is like a game over to me where you'd have to do so much to retool the show that you don't need the branding of this crappy show. Did you not enjoy the show? I enjoyed episodes eh, one, two, and three, roughly, of okay. the show. Okay. Uh, but you do have to keep switching up the locations, which means you have to keep finding locations. Right. And I felt like we spent two in the warehouse district in this six-episode run. Right, right. Uh, they'd have to get a little more creative with their casting, because I do feel like they had archetypes. Yes. And I don't think that was a great move, because, like, in it, by episode three, I'd be like, oh, this is the same girl, essentially, as Ariel or as Nikki. Mm-hmm. There was always... An older person, a dumb girl who told you she was smart, and a misogynist guy. Yeah, I, my feeling towards this is, I felt like this whole season Mm -hmm. is a pilot. Okay. Because the things it's trying to show off... Yeah. ...make it feel more like a pilot. Because it's trying to get across, like, yo, we could do a different location every time. There's going to be different elements that make every episode feel unique. We can do gimmicks. We can do different power-ups. Yeah. Like, the whole thing seems like proof of concept. Okay. Like, it's not just, hey, we have this location where we can play this game. It's like, we can play this anywhere. It can be anything. Yeah. But the the idea is simple enough that anyone will understand it. They needed to recast the host real bad. Yeah, the host is terrible. Yeah. However... In watching it, I had so many moments where I'm like, idiot, what are you doing? That if this came back to another season and people who had watched this show were on it, mm-hmm. we would have people who have figured it out. I I don't know the exact way to game this system. Okay. But there was there's definitely a clear solution to winning. And based on what I saw, I would guess the the clear solution to winning is stay as a group. Yeah. And if you stay as a group, the show's boring. Yes. So I feel like there's an issue of if you created the show, people will become fans, people will become good at it, no one would get caught, and the show would become bad. Yes. So because of that, like, cycle, I really... I, I do like this show. I don't think it peaked. I think there was more stuff they could have done. That, I agree that there was more stuff they could have done. Yeah, that like another season with more 
interesting locations, more gimmicks and stuff like that totally would have helped. I don't know how much more life it is in there. I don't think there's another season in it. Yeah. So I'm going to go go ahead and say stay doomed as well. But it's more reluctant, and I was on the fence about it. Yeah. So what are we doing next week, champ? Uh, next week, we're going to MTV. Ooh. We are watching the Chris Hardwick hosted... Single It Out ran for more than one season. No, no, no. Trashed. He did more than one game show on MTV? Yes, he did. Oh, my God. This one has Doug Benson in it as well. And when I say he did more than one game show, I mean that this show lasts an episode. Oh, great. So we'll be watching Trashed. Be sure to check the links below if you want to watch before you listen next week. That is your homework assignment. Yeah. Where can people find us? Uh, you can email us at thestaydoomedshow at gmail.com or Twitter or Facebook at staydoomed. And uh, if you want to talk to me about a state of panic and how cool that show was, because I don't think we're going to be doing it this month, uh, I'm at TV's Noah on the Twitters. If you happen to be Ryder Strong, I am at Priorities. Until next time, stay doomed.